Untamed, exploring the Texas coast. From Sabine to South Padre, we plan and execute the most exciting and authentic coastal experiences Texas has to offer, including fishing, paddling, surfing, and camping. Are you ready to hit the coast this summer? Go to www.untamedout.com and check out our fish camp in Rockport, Texas, the perfect place to bring your boat and explore the mid-Texas coast. This property features five wild acres with three custom container homes and a pond full of largemouth bass. Rent each unit individually or rent the whole place. Fish Camp Rockport is the perfect base camp for any adventure. You can listen to this podcast on Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Elliot, is that machine recording? It's on. Sweet. I'm Captain Travis Power of Lone Star Guide. I'm Elliot Barr. And we're here for our third episode. Uh, I mean, super legit, right? Like, I mean, we are learning a lot and we're getting it done. I'm very excited. Well, I know we didn't know what we were doing the first episode. Seemed to turn out. Second episode, we got a little more kinks worked out. Now, are we professionals? I don't think so. Still don't know what we're doing, but but I mean, overcoming challenges, right? Absolutely. What 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 like what went out the the USB splitter thing? Come yeah. On. Well, I mean, we're coming at you from one mic today because my USB C splitter decided to take a crap. So now we're gonna try this out. A little yeah. close to each other, but we're comfortable. Yeah. Right? <laughs> So, uh, what's, you know, in this episode, we're going to cover a couple of things. Um, you know, last episode we talked about the shallow sport tournament and what we were about to do, um, for this episode, which was surf fishing, oh, surf fishing. Yeah, dude. And I love surf fishing. I love all fishing, but I love surf fishing. I mean, it's something that anybody can do and everybody does it right. So yeah, we're going to get into that trip. Um, and then we're going to plan a trip just like we do in all of our episodes. Uh, and I think we're going to take it back to like the homeland, man. We're going to, we're going to talk about East Matagorda, right? Is that where we're heading? East Matagorda, man, that bay system has a lot to offer in all sorts of seasons. And I'm always excited to go and, and just see what the fish are doing. Are they running up super skinny? Are they running super deep? Are they playing in the grass? Are they playing in the inlets? What's the tide doing? So yeah, we'll get into a lot of that. Oh, I love it. And, and, you know, as I've said before, you know, I, I grew up on basically like the Houston ship channel, but, um, East Matagorda, I mean, that was the first bay that I really branched off to, right? I mean, we could still, you know, we're 16 and we got trucks, we could drive there and you can just cover that whole beach. You can, you know, hit the marsh from the backside, right? So you can cover so much of that of that bay wade fishing right and then eventually we got kayaks but and i lived down down there for a while so i mean i, I love it i think that's a great spot to go to and, and yeah we'll definitely get into that one for sure um so first off though i think we got a little bit of housekeeping to get into right yeah yeah and uh i mean there's a couple of new things with untamed some things that we've been working on since the last episode and um what do you think uh, about our Untamed Out Guides page? Yeah, I'm I'm excited about the Untamed Guides. Um, you know, it's something that we teased on the last episode, something we've been putting a lot of work into. And, uh, and you know, starting off, I'm a little bummed. I mean, we're kind of building this for Casey. Uh, I'm not building it for her, um, but, you know, she sparked it, right? You know, she had a, 
it's just tough. And I've been there managing your own website and bookings and all that stuff. And, you know, I saw something on Facebook and reached out to her and said, Hey, let me do something. Let me work on this. Let me build it. We'll put it under untamed. We'll cover all of everything. And, and we don't want any cut. Right. Yeah. Because I mean, I, I just, I don't like the middlemen. I don't like ratings like there's a lot of things that that i've you know been exposed to being a guide and all these booking services out there and i said i want to do it a little differently we're going to make something all the money is going to go right to the guides there's not going to be any ratings you know we're not going to let people like decide like how many stars you get or not you know because they're going to be super cool people they're going to be really authentic local people that care and um and I mean, I thought Casey was a great fit for it. Well, she is, but, uh, but man, she's moving, you know, up to NC, right? Like, yeah, I think it's super cool for her. So, I mean, I'm happy for Casey for sure. And uh, I know she's going to be going on a lot of adventures up there. And, and yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll keep rolling with untamed guides. I'm sure that there's somebody else that might. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, there's plenty of people up and down the coast. Um, and, uh, we'll, we'll have something out here shortly. So I think, uh, definitely stay tuned and, uh, we'll have something, uh, hitting our website. Well, yeah. And, and I'll use it too. Right. So, I mean, you want to book a trip with me? Definitely. Uh, my site going through major rework, lonestarguide.com. Um, so definitely hit up untamed out and, and yeah, we'll go from there. Um, anything new with you? Well, let's see. This week, um, I became a little bit of an IT hardware uh, installer. Uh, I was headed out of town uh, with my wife last weekend, and uh, she's carrying her Apple Watch across the living room and into the kitchen and ends up swinging it into the counterside and smashes the uh, the screen on it, so... Uh, I don't know. I'm an engineer by trade, so I'm always I've always liked taking things apart and putting them just, back together. Just <laughs> rebuilding Apple Watch. Yeah. No, I I thought you were talking about all the stuff you've been adding to the studio, man. I mean, when I show up, we got like the Pelican case, like we're getting it set up for like mobile podcasts, right? You know, maybe we can go and you know record on location or something. Is that what we're trying to that's, do? That's that's kind of the goal. I mean, I'd. When we were last at the Shallow Sport Tournament, I, after we got through fishing for the weekend, I was pumped up and ready to talk about it. And so I think uh, giving us an opportunity to bring our equipment with us so that way if we feel so inspired to just go ahead and knock out a discussion about what we just adventured on, uh, we were able to do that. So I'm getting things set up for that. Well, I, I like it. And, and honestly the the plan that we got to have these bi-weekly podcasts you know it's kind of lame because i think bi-weekly podcasts are lame myself because when i find a podcast i like i want it to be every week so maybe if we can like take it with us or something i, I don't know it's just an idea yeah know? oh absolutely maybe we can add some content or or or, or figure out a way to make it a you know a weekly occurrence for sure yeah i um i like it I've been, I've been busy, man. I got the boat back to Matagorda, so super pumped. Obviously, what we talked about the next trip too. Just got it serviced. I mean, it's gonna be fresh all summer. Uh, big shout out to Coastline, man. I, I can't beat Coastline. They get the boats in and out, dude. Top notch. I um, 
still love the shallow sport. Everything's great. We uh, changed the trolling motor plug. Yeah, we were having some issues with that trolling motor plug, and I've never had good experience with any trolling motor plug, so I'm curious to see what you came back with. Yeah, dude, I, I talked to the guy, and he was just like, oh, well, obviously you've got this trolling motor plug that always does that. And I'm like, well, okay, I didn't know. <laughs> and uh, now he switched it. I think he said it was the Minkota plug, maybe. Yeah. Um, And... It's it twist locks, it like threads on there. It's super secure. It's huh. tucked up real nice. I like it. I, I I think it's gonna make a difference, man. So that was, I mean, but besides the normal service, um, I think they went through all the hatches for me. I mean, boat's in tip top shape. I've got three new hubs on it now. <laughs> <laughs> you have three. You have one new hub on the hub that you lost, and then two spare hubs now. Yeah, man. I I went up to McLean and he, you know where they build the trailers, right? And um, bought a couple hubs, and then I took it back up to uh, no, no, no. I, I got the hubs. I went to get it from Coastline, and I was looking. And I was like, man, these these hubs. They don't look as good as I, I think they should. They seem like they're, you know, kind of puking out a little bit more grease. And I was like, I'm going to go ahead and swap them out. And, dude, when I literally, <laughs> when I went ahead and started to knock the first um, hub off the spindle, because you get the whole arm, everything that attaches to that spindle now, the whole hub just fell apart. That, like, little press fit cap, you know? And so it couldn't have been, it, it like, must have been hanging on by a thread. And then I went and looked on the other side, and one of the, the plastic caps that has the, the little logo thing on it mm-hmm. was cracked, and grease was puking out of it, too. So I just put both of my brand new hubs on there. I, put, I had one decent used one off, I think. And, um, yeah, but I mean... So I now you have three new hubs on your trailer, and you have two spare hubs in addition to that? One spare hub, because one broke just taking it off. I see. So I'm I'm gonna go get. I'm probably gonna just replace the third one. I'll I'll go get it. But I'm definitely carrying two spare hubs with me, man. I don't know what I'm doing with a single axle trailer. I'm just now. <laughs> now, if I have issues, I might need just a whole new axle and just carry that in the back of my truck. Hey, man. I mean, it's. I just you know my my boat travels, man. <laughs> It goes, it it just covers a lot of miles, right? It's not like it just goes from the storage unit to the boat ramp or, or something like that. Um, but, it, but I mean, I'm super happy, man. And we've got a really cool episode. I think we need to get into our surf fishing experience, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so where did we go surf fishing? Where did, you know, we talked about maybe hitting Matagorda or hitting Galveston um you know when we when we planned the trip um i asked you what time you wanted me ready and you said well and then i called an audible right yeah because i I think i texted you that night you know maybe like around midnight and i said hey dude actually let's leave it two and then i dialed back i was like well we can leave at 2 (laughs) 30 yeah and uh, yeah getting ready for bed i'm like uh, so 2 30 a.m that'll work but but first, I say let's back it up and let's say like what is surf fishing? Um, I've kind of noticed as I've looked into a lot of this that a lot of people, you know, they kind of have different definitions. And when we talk about surf fishing, we mean waiting for trout. Yeah. First or second gut, waiting for trout. Um, artificials or bait. I mean, doesn't matter. But that's the surf fishing that we're talking about. Um, not necessarily, you know, maybe casting out dead bait 
you know, or right, right. Fit, or shark fishing or paddling baits out or hell, I've seen jet skis and all sorts of stuff, right? We're talking about wade fishing for trout, first or second gut. Yeah. And, and yeah, and that's what we're doing. And where did we go? We went to, uh, we didn't go to Jamaica Beach. We didn't quite get that far. We went to the first free beach that you can drive on right past the seawall. And that's usually what ends up happening when we go, uh, especially when we're waking up really early in the morning and you feel like you've got first dibs on any spot <laughs> that you want and, and you end up getting too excited to go fishing and you go and you, you're like, ah, let's just pull off on the first spot and we'll... But I think there was a little bit more motivation in in catching that first spot. Well, you know, yeah, there was because I had a scheme, right? You know, I um, I wanted to get there because I knew it was going to fill up. Yeah. So we got out there and we threw the GoPro out because I kind of wanted to watch just even for myself of how this how this beach fills up and what it does to fishing. And so we, when did we, when we landed, what, probably 430, you Yeah. Know? I mean, we got quite the hike and, and we got out there and we started beating up the first gut. I mean, the water was great, right? Flat, you know? And we weren't even the first truck on the beach. We are the second truck. You're right. Yeah. We were the second truck. They were, um, there was one truck. They, they had gotten out there just a little bit before us. So they were still getting their gear out and everything they were. like that. But I, I think we need to explain, like, what did it look like? You know, like, what did it look like when we got there? Pitch black. Pitch black and pretty flat. It wasn't It wasn't like the lake Gulf of Mexico, but it was still pretty flat. Oh, yeah. Pitch black. Um, the wind was non-existent, so you're getting mosquitoes. A little seaweed coming in on the on the shoreline, but not as bad as um, not as bad as down south has been getting around Corpus Christi. I don't know if you've seen any of the posts where the sargassum weed has been coming up on the shoreline down there. Oh yeah, I mean definitely seen that. We've got a lot um, this year for sure. I don't think it really messes with the trout fishermen that much, man. Yeah, I don't think so. Uh, not for the lures that I'm throwing. Maybe for when you run those big lines out there, you know, and those lines start collecting that seaweed, you know, I bet. But, yeah, it wasn't too bad on that one. And and there was only one thing that we were really missing when we got there. And, uh, and honestly, it was action. Yeah, know? yeah. I didn't see a lot of action. I, I like to get out there. I like to fish when it's dark. And I like to fish that very first gut. Uh, I had high hopes when we showed up because as soon as you, as soon as we got in the water, just ankle deep, I mean, it just smelled like fish. It smelled like bait. It smelled like trout and, uh, just, but the, but the action wasn't reflecting what. Well, you know, a lot of times when you're out there, you know, by yourself or it's not crowded and you can be quiet, you can listen and you can hear the trout feeding. Mm -hmm. I love the sound of a trout feeding on top right yeah and just those pops i mean that that is something that makes it really special for me but but i wasn't really hearing that and i wasn't getting a whole lot and and then we were joined by our buddy and we definitely gotta you know we definitely gotta give a shout out to who we were fishing with and um i mentioned it on my instagram if you saw it already you know but yeah i was meeting a buddy from high school captain cody phillips yeah and i mean i dude spot on you know so i was super stoked when he was coming out there i um i think when he got out there i think he had the same feelings that we had underwhelmed yeah 
Well, because I think he mentioned he'd been out there a couple days prior, maybe, uh, fishing uh, the surf. Yeah, he was. And um, I think he mentioned to us that it was a little bit, uh, he had, he still had some hope after kind of being a little underwhelmed because uh, it took a little while for the action to kick up in the morning. But uh, I think we'll get into a little bit of that as the morning progressed. Yeah, so I mean, he was out there. Um, he's local. He's he's running trips right now. I mean, he stays pretty busy, but I, I know you can get on his calendar. Um, he can put you on fish, man. He's man. Me and him really learned the base together. But he got out there when you're supposed to get out there, right? We we're late, so that surf had already been cleaned up. You know, and when that surf, especially around Galveston, when it gets cleaned up, just from my experience, as soon as it lays down and it turns that sandy green, that's mm-hmm. the best, man. I mean, that's trout fishing. That's from morning to noon. You know, that's all day trout fishing, right? When it starts to get as clean as it was then, I have seen the trout become a little harder to get, right? Yeah. And, and maybe they're, they're getting smart. Maybe they're able to move to different bars that you can't get to. Um, there's definitely great fishing. Um, sometimes you'll find the bites come and go. You know, you might have a noon bite. You might have a, you know, whatever midday bite, you know, depending on the tides and the majors and minors. But for sure, after it's been cleaned that long, they get more finicky. Right. You know, so I, I think that um, he jumped on it when it got real good, and uh, and now we're kind of fishing a little bit tougher of a bite. Yeah. And so, and, and and you know, what did we see, right? So now we're out there, Captain Cody Phillips is out there, and we've got one other truck, you know, and, and it's, I think it's a couple dudes fishing with bait next to us. And, you know, I saw them, you know, we got a couple on early, and I think I saw them get one, and then I and then that's kind of when I really started to notice what I kind of knew was going to happen from the beginning, right? When you get more people beating up the surf, shining, keeping their headlights, their headlamp, you know, lights on, yeah, right. You can tell the fish push out. I don't, yeah. the The guy that was to the right of me, because I was kind of adjacent to the guys that were there uh, before us, and the one guy, I don't know if he kept looking for something on his left side or if he kept looking for me because I kept getting shined in the face I, by his headlamp. Same thing, right? I didn't even know what to say, but um, but yeah, man. I mean, if you're gonna be checking to see what your neighbor's doing constantly, like turn your turn your light off. Yeah, and it, and it messes with your uh, night vision as well. I mean, if you turn the lights off, the horizon before the sun comes up, you get a good amount of night vision, and you can see even your lure cresting the horizon before it hits the water if you don't have additional light on the on the, next to you. I agree, man. I, I try to keep my night vision sharp, dude. I, I don't even use a headlamp. Uh, I think I said to you when we got there, I said, man, you know what I didn't bring is my headlamp. And then I said, ah, I won't need it. Yeah, you know, it, it was it was even that time, it was borderline, it was a dark night, right? You know, so I, no fault if you use a headlamp for sure. But, um, but yeah, I mean, that was one thing that we noticed. And, and then you start seeing all those vehicles coming in, people coming in. Right? Yeah. And everybody fishes differently. So, like, some people run out. Some people hang back. Some people are back and forth between their trucks a hundred times. 
Yeah. But you can definitely watch the bait change. You can watch your the bites you're having change. You can see how fishing pressure affects the fish. Right. You know? And, and it's still cool. It's not bad. It's not something to, to, to be worried about, right? I mean, everybody's lined up on that, you know, second bar, you know, casting out, right? It's, you know, almost shoulder to shoulder, you know, or, or as far as you can see in any direction, you see wade fishing. Man, I've had a lot of great days like that. Yeah. You know, there's nothing wrong with it, but... But for the action that we were really looking for, you know, it kind of, it, it does. It pushes the fish out a little further than where they might be naturally. Right. I, um, but I mean, I had fun. We did that. And, and being part of the plan, you know, we, we did. We had a plan. So what, what do we do? Well, I think Cody hooked up to, uh, you know, before sun broke the horizon, he hooked up. And what was he Fishing. He did. He got a pretty nice one right there. Was he on a top water? Yeah, I think so. Pretty nice one on the top water. Yeah, and I I tried starting with the top water as well. And I'd mentioned on the last episode that my go to for the morning bite is a bone uh, super spook and just was not feeling it in the morning. And then switched to a couple of soft plastics and tried to make some some bite happen but you guys moved a little bit down the beach and and made uh made that one bite work for you guys but yeah like you said we uh we had a plan and um uh, after after we weren't seeing much action happening where we were at um we decided to switch it up and move over down to the seawall you're right you know um cuz yeah me and Cody we did we started to uh, we started to walk that's what I like to do, right? And I, I told him, I said, man, Cody, like, where's the gut? You know, because we, we had been there that morning, really beating up what I thought was the first gut, but not wanting to walk out there. And he told me, he said, man, dude, he's like, dude, the, the bars are, are almost non-existent here. And I said, really? I said, man, you know, that used to be your go-to spot. You know, you when it wasn't that crowded, you didn't have to drive that far. You didn't have to make space. We'd go there all the time. And yeah, he was saying that. He's saying, yeah, just the bars are not that defined right here for whatever reason when he'd been walking out there. So I started to venture out and back in. And you could see the depth change a little bit. You know, you find yeah. the guts, but nothing like I was really kind of hoping for, uh, which was weird. I don't know why. I don't know if it has to do with all that sand they're bringing in there or just natural beach erosion or, or what. Right. I mean, the the sandbars are changing all the time. I mean, I think... I mentioned to you what I'm used to down south is they'll dredge the ship channel in between the jetties and they'll dump sand on the beach side um, and that swell and the wind comes predominantly from the southeast so that pushes that sand and forms those beach sandbars and everything like that um you know with with the the way Galveston Beach is um it 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 does change I mean and we noticed that when we went over to the seawall that you have a little bit more definition in the in the sandbars and so I think that's what uh we we got a little hint from from Well exactly I mean that that was and 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 yeah man I think you're 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 alluding to it right and so talking to them now and now that the beach is filled up with trucks, I think I think I snapped a couple pictures. Maybe I can put them on my Instagram, and where you can just see, you know, the surf fishermen just as the sun comes up, just as far as you could see. Yes, right. and and I like it, man. I just I think it's cool. I love to see people fishing, right? But 
at, at talking to him, not finding the guts that we were really wanting to, the shallow guts, we said, hey, dude, let's bounce, man. Let's let's find some space. Yeah. You know, and uh, and one thing that, that we know, I mean, and from growing up there, too, is that you're not going to find space heading west, you know. You yeah. actually got to head back to town. Right. And, uh, and yeah, we, we bounced up to the seawall and found a bunch of space. And we went up to a spot that Cody had already fished. And he said, hey, man, let's go check this one out, right? Right. And, and that's what I like because, um, you know, me and Cody, we fished for a long time. And, and I like Cody. I mean, he's like me. You know, he's a, he's a dirtbag, you know. <laughs> he just cares about fishing. And, and and we get along, so it's it's like I know when he says, "Hey, I marked this spot," you know, I know yeah. it's important, right? You know, because that's what we did, and so we jumped out, we uh, we found this spot, and we and we go out, and the first thing I notice, you know, the sun's up, you know, so we can really see the water, and the water's clear, you know, just like we knew it was. Right. The water's super clear, um, but we're walking out there and. And and now I'm barefoot. I had shoes on at um at over there behind Woody's at that first free beach access. Yeah, I put shoes on because all the trash that's in that seaweed, man. Yeah, right. It's bad, dude. God. Oh, I was walking. Well, and and it, you become a little hypersensitive to what your foot touches when you can't see anything, and so you're walking through that first layer of seaweed, and walking through seaweed's no big deal. I I have no problem with it, but then when you your foot touches that one thing that shouldn't be in the seaweed and you're wondering what it is. It's like, I'd rather not step in something that's going to cut my foot or, you know, oh, something that's held up in the seaweed. So I'm with you. And, and, and it, it's, man, dude, it just go, it goes to show us, right? Like these beaches are used, man. They're important. A lot of people use them and, and they got a lot of wear, man. They, 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 they just got some trash, you know? Yeah. And you got to be careful. And, you know, that's why we got to take care of stuff. So when we went up to the seawall, right, and that's where Galveston maintains everything constantly, right? Mm-hmm. Like how many trucks we saw by picking up trash, you yeah, know? right. It was nicer, um, which doesn't, doesn't fix the whole, like, pollution problem thing, right? But it's nicer, right? So, yeah. I mean, barefoot in the sand clear water you can see the guts you can see the sandbars you know i mean that was it right and that's and that was that was cool that was a great spot um you know and i think this week has brought clear water all the way i know at least down south to south padre island i've got some friends that have been doing some spear fishing and some uh fishing off the beach with this flat uh, conditions and um, I mean usually you wait until mid-August to see super clear water come into the beach but I mean it was well pretty, that pretty probably clear. our definitions of clear water are a little different because what I mean by clear Galveston water right means that you know I don't know waist deep right yeah I can see my toes oh yeah you know I, I think what you're talking about is like you know you can see you know fish at 10 feet <laughs> Oh no! Yeah, no. <laughs> yes, ten feet for sure. Uh, middle of August, when summertime has had its flattest flat, is you're you're potentially having twenty to forty foot visibility. You know, out at the end of the jetties with some yeah. snorkel gear on. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, and it's clear water. And hey, hey, I'm not knocking Galveston water, right? I, 
everybody does, but I'm not. I love it, man. That that water, I mean, that base system holds some fish. That sandy colored water, dude, it holds some fish, man. It's yeah. got the right substrate. Um, yeah, oh. I've been there. And so anyhow, but it was it was definitely clear for where we were at. We could find the bars, we could work the bars. And uh and I enjoyed it, man. I enjoyed fishing with Cody. I think we got some more pictures, you know. We um we moved up and down a couple times and, and he was saying, Hey, he's like, you know, that spot I marked, right? It was it was over here. It was off this house, right? You know, is what he was yeah. telling me. Or, or this this rooftop, it wasn't a house. And uh, and we go back over there and, and and I just appreciate the detail, right? And that's what I like, you know, because he said, this was it. This was what I was doing. This was what I was casting. This is how the conditions were, right? You know, so yeah. I was staying on this bar, was casting this direction, you know, we're catching fish. And it, it was just, it was really cool. It was really refreshing. It was great to see an old high school buddy. And, and it was really, it kind of made me think about it more when we walked back up to the seawall to do the trucks. I don't remember what we were doing. And we really got to look out, right? And we could see these bars. And I went and grabbed my camera. I've got some more photos. I'm going to put all this on my Instagram. I've already said that. But you could see those bars, remember? Yeah. And like, and what was it? It was that second gut basically just kind of dive bombed right into the first gut yeah. right there at that point, you know? So he, when he was fishing, he was doing well. And he marked a spot, you know, but you can't see what's happening, right? Yeah. And that allowed us to come back after that and look at it and see that. And so when that second gut dive-bombed into that first gut, right, where it cuts back in there, that sandbar ends, that's a rip. Yeah. You know, and, and I don't know everybody that's experienced with a rip or not, but um, that's the current that goes out, yeah. you know. So that current is pulling bait out, right? That current... You have the two bars connect into one, right? Mm-hmm. So you're pulling all that bait over that sandbar. So it's like, no wonder why, man. When you see that, right. you're like, obvious. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, I threw everything in my box that I had with me. Soft plastics, top waters. And I think Cody made mention and said, anybody got a spoon? And I said, yeah, I always keep a gold and a and a silver spoon in my box, and uh, it's like I, I keep spoons in my box. But the only time I've ever been successful at using a spoon uh, with great certainty is drifting the flats down in South Texas, and we're seeing redfish where you can cast a spoon right in front of a redfish while it's cruising from one side to the other. And I said, yeah, well. Nothing else has been working this morning, so let me put this. I'm gonna put a gold spoon on and uh, and just try different methods of retrieve. Uh, started with a quick retrieve. Started with a quick retrieve and a couple jerks in between uh, the retrieve, and then and then just said, I'm gonna work this spoon as slow as I can. I've never worked a spoon super slow, and just dragging it basically on the bottom. And sure enough. Uh, I don't forget what it was, 17 inch trout maybe, uh, hit that spoon. And I, I made mention to you that I'd got a couple of hits on the spoon, but 
what what is there to hit on a spoon? I mean, I can understand when a, when a trout, <laughs> yeah. a redfish nibbles on a soft plastic and like grabs the tail but misses the hook or what you know whatnot. But how, how did you not get that? Did you not get that fish? Yeah, I I like that. You know, so I guess there's two points, man. There's really two points to look at this, and that is one, pay attention to what you're doing, right? You know, we talked about how you find fish in the surf, what you're looking for bar changes different depths right you yeah. want to find the defined guts if you can find a rip that rip can pull bait out of that first gut even when maybe you don't have a falling tide but you got a rip that's still moving water right and then it's changing changing your lures until you find what works right, right. i mean good for you for fishing with a spoon i i don't have i carry spoons because i think my 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 grandfather's tackle box was only spoons, yeah, right? Right. I carry spoons, but I don't ever catch fish on spoons. Right. But, and I'll tell you why I never catch fish on spoons. Because you don't use them. Because I, well, I only use them when there's no fish. <laughs> yeah. Right? <laughs> like, like that's the only time you use a spoon is if there's no fish last to be resort. caught. Yeah. Last but, ditch um, effort. And yeah. I thought, I tell you, I was on my last ditch effort and I was totally surprised that and, that, that happened. Um, and I I try to maintain a methodology when I'm trying different, whether it's top water, different color soft plastics. I try to work all aspects of that lure. So I'll I'll work it fast, work it slow, work it higher in the water column, work it lower in the water column. I'll drag it on the floor as a last dish effort, and then say, okay, I've I've run through my methods for this one. Let's switch to the next one. And that's kind of the way I work through my baits. Hey man, that's smart, dude. I I tell a lot of people that too, um, to switch it up. Yeah. And then I realized when I was telling people fishing lures, hey, you know, switch it up, try to find what works, that I wasn't being specific enough. And what I mean is you need to change the water column that you're fishing in. Yeah. Right? You can adjust the speed to get that lure higher or lower, right? Yeah. And 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 then you can switch it up too, but but yeah, I mean I, I remember um, you know, if you're not doing that, if you're keeping it at the same water column, but changing the cadence, yeah, you're not really switching it up. Right. And so that's a great point too. I mean, when you really put all the pieces together, you'll, you can start being super. Well, and stupid. another thing with the soft plastics is I felt like I wasn't getting an adequate retrieve with an eighth ounce jig head because of just the, the current in the surf, you know, the waves moving back and forth. And so after I got, I felt like I wasn't getting the action that I wanted out of my lure, then I switched to a heavier jig head. I think I was at a quarter ounce jig head and, and it felt a lot better, but you know, I think just the action wasn't reflective of uh, fish wanting that presentation that morning. So, yeah, yeah, it was a tougher morning. And, and honestly, we didn't, we probably could have stayed. I bet the bite, I bet I bet you would have got a good lure bite around midday, and um, and I think we we balanced. We had some other stuff to do, but I enjoyed it because I got to get my camera out. I uh, this podcast has kind of helped me, you know, with with my creative side. Right, I hadn't been taking pictures. I hadn't been doing stuff like I, I used to, and so I kind of enjoyed it. You know, I I think I, I, this is another picture I snapped. Right, you know, I had a GoPro like I like to bring. Yeah, my little carbon fiber rod on the GoPro. You know, I got some cool time lapse photos or whatever. Super simple. Right. 
And, uh, and then I bring my, my camera and I like to take a few pictures. I, I got some, you know, I feel like I got some decent pictures. I don't know if I'll share them all. You know, we got to watch uh, pelicans diving on a bait ball. Yeah. You know, you got to see some dolphins. Got, um, you know, we got some great views along the seawall and the, the pier. Um, so I enjoyed it, you know, and, and, um, and yeah, I kind of in, enjoyed doing this podcast too, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think, uh, you made mention that it's giving you some motivation to get a little more creative with the, with the, with the photography. So I'm, I definitely like to be the, uh, I don't mind being the fisherman in the, in the photograph. So it's <laughs> yeah. nice to have a photographer just I know. You know, on the boat all the time. I know all, all, all my buddies, you know, all the people that take fishing, they, they love it cause they get free pictures, right? I don't get any pictures. <laughs> I try not to do too much with clients if, you know, um, unless they really want to, um, which which I enjoy that as well. Um, to tie it back into surf fishing, though, you know what was really cool is when I got when I got my photos and I pulled them up on Lightroom on my computer, I got to see that sand those sandbars exactly like we were talking about it and remembered it. Yeah, I mean you could see two guts and you know two defined sandbars just ending and just one sandbar kind of piling into that that middle gut. Right. You know, and and how well it lined up with Cody's, you know, spot that he marked. Yeah. You know, it was just cool to see it happen, man. And you can just imagine how those fish, you know, interact in their environment. And and it makes sense, right? You know, if I was a trout hunting, you know, if I was just a hunter just trying to eat up that shad and shrimp and everything else, like that's where I'd be sitting. Yeah. And, uh, and it's, and, and it's really good, you know, and, and I'd like to, you know, I could transition that and just, and just give him props to Cody again, right? Captain Cody Phillips, I think he said you can book him on fishing booker, right? Yeah. But I know he's been doing a lot of navigation trips. And I mean, if you're in Galveston Bay, man, anywhere, you know, West Bay or East Bay, um, man, dude, like that's the guy to, to, to be learning from. You know, yeah, he's been there his whole life, and he's going to. He's tuned in, and that's what I like to see. Yeah, navigation trips. You mean uh, people who want to get familiar with the area, yeah. and learn the area. And- well, when they got a boat, right? right. I know because I, you know, I've been, you know, I've been stalking him on Instagram or whatever. We hadn't, we hadn't talked in years, but I've been seeing all his stuff. And yeah, so I think if you've got a boat, you know, he'll take you out there. He'll run you. You know, he'll run it. He'll show you what to do. And right. And, uh, yeah. and, and I do that stuff too, right? I mean, it's, it's, I, I do that more as a service, man. Like right. if you got, if you're like a new boater and you need help, like I want to help you, Yeah, you know, because like I want to, I don't want to be just cussing because someone cut off my drift or, you know, you know, power pulled down right next to my weight or something, you know, like I, I. And if you don't know better, you don't know better. So, I mean, I, I like helping you out. You know, I can definitely give you the basics and stuff, and, and it kind of makes the base better for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, talking about wade fishing and surf fishing for trout and, you know, what's better than, get? you know, we talked about you uh, taking pictures of everyone you go fishing with, but I don't know if there's anything better than getting pulled on a skiff while you're sitting up on the bow looking at redfish tailing in the marsh segue to east matagorda 
<laughs> I like it. Good job, man. Um, that that means we are nearing Joe Rogan level. There you go. Um, no, I love it, man. East Matagorda is it's phenomenal. I like every part of it, and I like it because, man, I just when I was I just grew up fishing down there, and and yeah, I think let's go back. You know, I, I've got uh, my property in Matagorda, the next fish camp. Yeah. And uh, and where we're gonna call home, you know, we're doing a lot of work down there, and so yeah, let's make the next trip down there. It's it's um, summertime, but it's not too hot. Right. Yeah, I've been down there plenty of times in the middle of summer, and it's like a lukewarm bath sometimes back in the marsh, and and it's it's not it's not great for bait. It's not great for redfish. But right now, I mean, we're we're coming off of spring, so. Um, I mean, there's, there's the opportunity for a lot of things. And the great thing about East Matagorda, especially in a polling skiff is if it's not happening in one section of the marsh, because it's, uh, because the fish aren't feeling the, the skinny mud and maybe they're hanging in the grass and the hard bottom, then, you know, you just hop down, uh, a half a mile or so and just try a different marsh system. Oh yeah. Um, East Matagorda, man. I mean, just kind of back lake after back lake. I, I like it. Um, I, I think to get back into what you you know talked about and myself, you know, um, summertime before it gets too hot, I th- that gets into the gripe. So the gripe that you've heard me say probably already a hundred times. Um, you know, I, I don't like fishing in the summertime. You know, I don't want to. I don't want to sound too like you know fuddy duddy, right? But what I mean by that is I don't like all day polling in the summertime because the back lakes get so hot, man. Yeah. When the water gets that hot, I don't I don't know if it's the oxygen level or what, but I mean if you hook into a redfish, it doesn't fight. Yeah. The fish is already worn out. Right. You know? And they're not schooling like they are in the fall. Right. You know? But right now, before it gets too hot, it, it's I mean, it's, it's action time, you know? Yeah. It, it's a lot of, uh, I mean, you know, book a trip with your guide if you haven't already. Because, I mean, this is the time their phones are ringing nonstop because it's great action. I, the only reason I wait fall better than right now is just for crowds. You yeah. Know, selfishness. Well, right now everyone's getting out of school. I know my kids uh, just concluded their school year. And, uh, I know yours did too. And so everyone's looking for something to do. And I mean, what better thing to do than to go fishing on the coast and, and enjoy the, the outdoors, the water, the, the wildlife and the, the fisheries. So it's a good time, man. And, um, and, and that's what we're going to do. I mean, let's, let's do that. We can take your skiff. I mean, my boat's down there, but we can take your skiff. And, and we can go look for a day when the wind's not ripping too much, right? You know, it, it's it's fishermen though, right? Like we don't want no wind, right? But we don't want too much wind. We want like just the perfect wind. And what what's the perfect wind to you? I think the perfect wind, at least for and there's a couple considerations for for my skiff. Uh, I don't think we've mentioned it on this podcast, so it's worth getting into uh, what I've got uh, running currently and i've got a uh, 2005 ranger banshee and if you're familiar with the ranger skiffs that they came out with around the 2004 2005 time frame i think they made my boat for a couple years 
Um, and it's the gunnels that it had gunnels that were just exposed. You could put a couple fly rods in there and, uh, people used them across the coast, even up in the Carolinas, they were popular. And then they came out with a Ranger Banshee extreme, which was kind of a center console raised elevated console boat, same hole, uh, rated for a little bit higher horsepower. Um, uh, but I've I've really enjoyed fishing uh, my skiff. It doesn't pull as agilely and as light as a lot of the the lighter end skiffs, but it gets us back into some skinny water. I mean, it'll float in six six inches of water, so that's just you know anything past that. Travis has got his wading boots on already, and he's running across the flat looking at <laughs> fish with their backs out of the water and and chasing them down uh, across the skinny flat, but. Hey, I, I like your skiff. I mean, you know, it's not the most technical pulling skiff, right? Right. You know, I think the, um, you know, it doesn't pull like the outlaw that I had for a little while. Yeah. But, I mean, I love your skiff. I told you, I think, when you're looking at it, I said, man, that, that's perfect. You know, like, like it, it works. You know, I've fished out a lot of skiffs, and 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 I, I, I just like having a boat. You know, yeah. I don't like complaining about it, right? Yeah. Your boat, it leaves a lot to complain about, though. Like, you know, if you <laughs> well, don't like getting soaking wet, if you like pulling in a straight line, you know, like, it does. But, hey, man, dude, we fish the hell out of it, you know? Oh, yeah. I like it. Well, and the, back to your original question of what's the perfect win, I would say the perfect win for fishing and uh, running across the bay is going to be no more than 15 miles an hour. You know, I'd really, I really like a eight to 10 miles an hour because you get a nice breeze and it's not too hot when you're pushing through the marsh. Um, anything less than five, it gets a little bit stale. Um, but anything more than 15 miles an hour, you may as well bring your rain gear if you're sitting on the front of the skiff because I'm going to get you wet. Well, Hey, yeah. You know, I think you hit the nail on the head, man. I mean, eight to 10, that'd be perfect. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. You, when, so when we're talking East Matagorda, you know, we're um you got got to run down the intercoastal and um and you got to cross the bay right yep you know so so yeah you know on little skiffs it doesn't take a whole lot of wind to really really kick that up right but um but thinking about that you know and just and just thinking about where we're going um did i tell you that i bought all of the hook and line maps you did yeah, and yeah, I have the last edition that will complete your collection. Oh yeah, no, that's my map that I got on our South Padre trip. Well, it, it's not yours. It can be your map for the low, low price of <laughs> of one hundred and fifty dollars, like they are on Amazon, right? You know, I, you know, I, maybe not everybody knows, but the hook and line maps are like MIA, right? Right. Yeah, dude, they are like gone. I heard that, and I and I don't know what happened, man. Something tragic, or or bad, but but I like the shops orders weren't fulfilled. The shops closed down, and and it struck a chord with me because I haven't used a hook and line map in ages, and then all of a sudden somebody told me you couldn't get them anymore, and I like felt sad. And then you had to go get the whole collection. And I bought every single one of them, dude. And I'm so pumped. Like, I think we should figure out a way to, like, draw on these maps that we could maybe add to the podcast. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, you're talking about some sort of video aspect to the podcast where we can 
kind of describe where we're going. I mean, I'm looking at the Matagorda Bay map right now since you brought your collection over. And, uh, you know, we could pull the map open and kind of show. And that, you know, we touched on this on the last episode where Jason uh, brought over the Lower Laguna Madre map. And, and really that's what these maps are really good for is if you're going to go fishing with somebody that's not maybe not familiar with the area or you're trying to game plan something it's a good large map visual in order to uh, kind of describe and come up with a game plan on what you're going to do the next well day. yeah but i don't know about for fly fishing the back legs well d- dig through that pile see if you can find the matagorda one but it's not going to show i don't think it really shows like back legs and stuff like that that we would be in anyhow does it right um I've never looked at the marsh section here. I mean, I'd imagine that it's got a big red hashed area that says good for <laughs> trout and redfish. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I would imagine so. It's, um, what do you got there, man? What are you looking at? That's Matagorda Bay. You got to find East Matagorda. Here we go. East Matagorda Bay. Yep. East Matagorda Bay. Good for redfish and trout. Yep. Can you believe that? We're breaking that here on the podcast. Here's... A good flounder spot. And I imagine all these inlets are good for flounder. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that these maps are great, man. They probably don't apply too much to what we want to do, right? And so maybe we should talk about, like, what do we want to do? When we talk about polling skid, when we talk about, hey, let's get out there before it gets too hot. Like, what what are we bringing? Well, Bring your fly rods, right? Yeah, absolutely. And and I'm not I'm no fly fishing elitist. I will I will always bring a spinning rod with me. And I mean, I know you like to bring your your cute little uh, bait caster with you, but um, I'll bring a conventional rod with me just just in case the wind picks up past 15 miles an hour because I can swing a fly rod just as well as the next guy. But if if I got to fight the wind, I'm not. I, I'm not enjoying myself like I like I intended to. I don't know. What do you think? Oh, I I don't even think I'm good at fly fishing, man. Like I'm, and I didn't I didn't really figure this out until recently, right? I'm not even good at fly fishing. I'm just really good at finding fish, and I have spoiled myself. <laughs> like like I'm I'm I am I am so spoiled to redfish fishing from just a lifetime of fishing, you know, the bays here that I suck at fly fishing. So I, I my I am like working on casting techniques. You know, I want to get real specific. I want to get real fast with it. I want to eliminate the false casts. Yeah. But man, dude, I'm terrible, dude. I'm terrible because I'm good at finding fish. And I like to find that school of redfish. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. I like to find those those targets that you just can't miss on. Um, well, and even when uh, we're working a marsh section and the fish aren't rising and the tails aren't out of the water, y- you and I have, when we're fishing together, we're generally fighting for the same casting locations because we, we come across a point and you'll be retrieving on your last cast and I'll I'll work up forward on a point or on the backside of a gut or somewhere like that and put, put my lure right lure or fly right where it, right where you intended it to go on your next cast and you say, Well hold on a second, I was about to cast there. It's like you snooze, you lose. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's true. I um, but the, I, you just you 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 develop that instinct, like you're saying, where you get yeah. you get used to where redfish are going to be sitting. Well, well, and that's a good topic too, right? I mean, 
I, I probably don't do that with really anybody else, but with me and you, we do a lot of blind casting on the fly rods. Yeah. And I, I think that's really helped me learn lately too, is just blind casting, just repetitive blind casting with the fly. And, um, and it's paid off a lot. I mean, man, we've pulled a lot of fish out when really not much was happening. A lot of people would have called it, you know, but it, it also just kind of lets you know, like where the fish are going to, you know, where, where they're chilling at. And, um, and, and I, I like that. Um, so we'll definitely bring fly rods. We'll bring some conventional stuff. Yeah. We'll bring wade shoes because we're we're gonna jump out of the boat at some point in time right yeah Um, whether it's to fish or it's to push the boat through three inches of water oh yeah yeah for sure we've been stuck um plenty of times and uh so what else we bring i mean the conventional stuff fly fly rods and just and just stuff to stay out there all day too right yeah yeah Yeah. plenty of water <laughs> uh, sunscreen, which you're better at putting on um, as the sun comes up than I am, but um, yeah, nothing super special. I mean, we'll bring our net, our bogus pliers, and um, you know, make sure that we don't uh, leave the key behind anywhere. Well, yeah, we've talked about that, but yeah, that's a good point. Uh, we will bring a net in the boat, but we I don't use nets, right? We yeah. just we use the old LSG Lone Star Gear um, bowgun pliers right. holder, right? So I've got the pliers and um, basically tied to the bogus with right. a float in the middle of them. And and man, dude, that's I like that because that can be clipped onto the belt loop. I can jump out of the boat with a fly rod. You go chase down a school of trout that you can't pull to, you know? Yeah. And um and and it's easy, man. No matter what, I can get the hooks out. I can I can land a fish. It's just that's a good system right there. I would say that covers it, right? You got a spinning rod because you're not, you know, you're not. I don't, I don't know if it's just talent or what you're lacking, <laughs> but um, you know, I've got the bait casters, and uh, and we'll we'll probably bring. I mean, what do we bring? Maybe two trays of lures. Yeah. Right. Pretty light because we're gonna be fly fishing. Right. right. Um, so maybe, you know, the top waters and paddle tails and, and then we'll bring the flies and, and I mean, what kind of flies are we using? Um, you know, I, it depends on the clarity of the water, but I would say, uh, 80% of the time I'm throwing a redfish crack and, um, and you can find a variety of, uh, crack flies at your local fly shop. Um, but I've been, when I picked up fly fishing, I started fishing with my buddy Duncan and uh, he ties flies and I've, I've really enjoyed fishing with his redfish crack flies and there, I haven't found anything that's similar to them uh, in any of the fly shops here around Houston or even in, in Rockport or, or anywhere else. But um, that's, that's usually what I'm throwing. If not, it's a, a chartreuse clouser. Or, um, you know, some sort of shrimp pattern, something like that. But, uh, you know, if it gets, if the fish are really excited and you hear the shrimp jumping in the grass, then I'll be a little bit more motivated to put a shrimp pattern on. Um, but, but nine times out of 10, that red, redfish crack is going to do it. I agree, man. That gets back to what I said earlier about just not being like a good fly fisherman. Like I've started reading these books lately, you know, and I'm like, oh man got a long way to go like what am i doing 
Yeah. And, um, but yeah, I mean, I keep it simple, you know, redfish crack, you know, one I get from you, that's probably secondhand from you. So probably from Duncan <laughs> or shrimp imitation. Right. And, and, and I, cause I know, like, I know I'm going to be put in front of a hungry fish. Like that, that's my goal. Right. You know? So I do, I, I want to dive, I want to dive into it. I, I think it's an art. It's so cool. People that understand it a lot better than me. I, um, and, and I really do. I want to, I want to kind of understand that. But for now it, it's pretty simple, right? You know, probably, um, you know, what are we going to bring? Um, eight weight rods, yeah. you know, 16 pound liters. And, uh, and we probably might throw maybe two or three flies the whole day. Right. You know what? I don't think we really switch around that much, do we? No, no, not really. And, and you know, if we want to get into gear a little bit, um, as far as my fly setup, I've got a eight weight Nautilus reel and you know, my, all of my fly gear I've, I picked up, uh, either on micro skiffs classified section or, you know, I, I just like the next guy, I really enjoy going into a fly shop and looking in the glass case and drooling over all the latest <laughs> fly reels and, and looking at, at all the fly rods on the, on the racks. Um, but honestly, I've got a couple of fly setups, uh, in eight weight. Uh, and then when we made our trips to Florida, I picked up a 10 and a 12, um, and I've got a small three weight for when we're messing around in the pond and stuff like that. But all the stuff I've picked up has been, uh, secondhand, a classified section, things that have been well cared for and, uh, people moving on to different gear. And so you, you can really pick up a quality, uh, fly fishing setup, uh, you know, pretty budget friendly. Um, you know, it's pretty intimidating when you go in a fly shop and you see the, the price tag on a lot of new gear, but I mean, I was, uh, I came into the, the fly fishing, um, kind of not knowing what I needed and got a little guidance from some friends and, and stepped in pretty, uh, budget friendly. So, well, that's awesome. And you are very responsible. And I commend <laughs> you for that. I see when I go to Bayou city and I'm looking, drooling over all that stuff, I, I just, I end up with it. Yeah. Right. You know? Right. And so. Um, but no, I, no, I, I, I hear you. I started, um, you know, before I really got into it, I had a five weight that we beat the ditches up with, right? Me and my kids. And, uh, and it was a cheap five weight. I mean, it's nothing, dude. It's Reddington, you know, super cheap. Anybody can get it. And, and I went from there. And then when I really geared up to go after saltwater, I bought some nice stuff, right? Yeah. I like to, I think if you, you know, you know, I go for it, right? You know, I ride mountain bikes and motos and all sorts of stuff. And people say, oh, what do I need? And I said, well, I don't know. Like, get something good. Like, if you don't get something good, you're not going to enjoy it, right? Yeah. And uh, and I think I went a little overboard, right? I mean, I love the guys at Bayou City. I like hanging out up there. And, um, and you know, if you go up there, you know, mention my name, Lone Star Guide, right? But, um but you know they they sent me home with some pretty sweet stuff. Yeah. And uh, the eight weight is the go to. That's what I'll bring. I got a ten and a twelve weight for the bigger trips. But but I mean I, I that they won't even come with us. You yeah. Know? No. no. It'll just be the eight weight. And uh, and yeah, man, we'll be we'll be good to go. I think that um, 
fly fishing obviously skiffed obviously but hey dude like what's the backup plan man what if what if the weather doesn't cooperate or or what can't we do what, what do you think our backup plan is mod v yeah bring bring <laughs> the shallow sport out and get us back there and we can wade fish as long as there's no lightning storms yeah um but that's it man and that and that's just what i wanted to kind of end on too and why east matagorda is so great because because yeah dude i mean like if we don't want to take the skiff man we'll just load up in the mod field we'll go wade fish you know right lots of grass that you can walk lots of you know um drop-offs and drains and all sorts of stuff i mean wh- wh- where's your go-to spot which ones what, what do you think is your favorite spot I mean, I'd say anywhere um, kind of halfway between Sargent and um, Three Mile Cut on Matagorda Beach. Um, you know, somewhere... To start looking for a drain. Yeah, just anywhere. I mean, you could even start like Hog Island is, is a pretty, uh, pretty good landmark in Matagorda Bay. You know, start there and kind of branching branching off on different inlets and and push your way back and just start exploring i mean that's the way that that i learned a lot of the sections that i've uh really become familiar with and i think the the key is familiarity with the area that you're fishing and so the only way you're going to do that is getting out there and and finding the areas and what uh you know what you can get back into i mean i've pushed back in so far back into some of the sections that i'd never been before and it took me quite a while to get back out because i had to maze my way back to the bay (laughs) yeah yeah for sure man i mean there's a there's a lot of options um and, and that just gets back to you know hey like look at the map you know like figure out what the wind's doing look at the map, come up with a game plan. There's, they're just almost, there's just almost never not an option, right? You know, there's always something to do. Yeah. And, 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 and I look forward to it. I, I look forward to our next trip being out there mainly cause I'm gonna be working a lot on my property. Yeah. You know, we've got, I, we've got power to the front of it. You know, we've got, we're hopefully, oh, I hope we'll have power to the back of it and I can start getting my camper set up. Yeah. But um, we've got some great, great help down there. We got the whole place disc. We've been dragging it. It's level. We're going to get the, gra- we're going to get the grass to reestablish. It used to be an old rice farm. Oh yeah. You know, and it had the levees and stuff like that. So we kind of knocked it down. I want it to be more natural prairie. It it falls down. It overlooks the wetlands. You know, and back to the Colorado River. I love it. I could probably talk about it too much, but. But back to what we're saying is, is look at a map, right? You yeah. know what I mean? Right. Figure out what you want to do. And so that kind of that kind of leads me to, to my next question. But, I mean, what do you think? Should we do map videos? You know, should we pull out the maps? I mean, I, I know there's a lot of YouTube stuff, right? Right. You know, but maybe we should pull out the maps and we could add it to the podcast where we could kind of show you, hey this is what you're doing because I, I hope we're getting a larger audience right not just one area yeah because I'm really I'm really wanting to branch out and, and experience the whole coast because I love the whole coast right yeah and so I mean what are your ideas on the map you want to you think we can I mean you're the I mean I don't know you're the you're the technician right think we can think we can figure that out yeah jack of all trades technician sound engineer everything like that yeah absolutely we can we can find a way to utilize mapping as a 
as an additional illustration in what we're discussing. And, um, yeah, I think it'll be helpful for anyone that's looking for an entry level, uh, look into a way to get into a certain base system. I mean, I know when I got into, uh, the mid coast, you were a big help and several other people that I met, um, kind of gave me a head start on where to start and make sure that I wasn't going to, uh, run my lower unit off of my boat and run into a reef or something like that. But I mean, that's the biggest thing is, is, is becoming familiar and maybe we can help with that with some of the mapping illustrations. Well, I say, I say, let's do it. But anybody that's listening to this, please like, let us know what you think. Um, that means a lot to us and that really helps us out, right? If you want to see the maps, if you want to see like, Hey, this is how we're planning it. This is where we're going. You know, this is where we're going to attempt to go. Um, let us know. And, and you can do that by just reaching out to us on Instagram, man. I mean, it's, it's untamed out. Um, I'm Lone Star Guide. There's uh, untamed underscore pod. I mean, any of them. Just message us. We'll see it. Uh, if you don't have Instagram, what's the best way if they don't have Instagram? Website? Yeah, you can reach us on our website. Uh, send, a, send us an email. Info, I-N-F-O, at untamedout.com. And, uh, yeah, we're always uh, we're always looking for input. And if you have any specific questions or we can help out with anything drop us a line sweet man until next time you're headed out